Hi, Damien Christoph here. And Marcus Pierce here. After you listen to this Wellness Couch podcast, make sure you strap on your early bird wellness cape and head over to thewellnesssummer.com and book your early bird tickets. Tickets are going like hotcakes and why wouldn't they be? Because two days of powerhouse wellness featuring the Up For A Chat girls, the new couch rock star, Kyle Brock, the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe, our beautiful special guest, Nat Kringudis, quirky Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, MP, our brother, the wellness guys, and more should not be missed. Get ready for some serious wellness, inspiration, education, extrapolation, information, fermentation, and so much more. Head to thewellnesssummit.com and book your tickets now. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and welcome to the Real Food Reel. Last week on the show, we started our latest series, Real Food Family. We had such great feedback that we have the second instalment to share with you today. In episode 28 of the Real Food Reel, we speak with Melinda Benstead, wife, mother, and athlete from Melbourne, Victoria. Melinda has been a client of The Natural Nutritionist since 2014 and has joined The Reel today to share with us her successes and how she makes Jerf work for herself and her family. If you would like to share your story, please email hello at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au to get involved. We'd love to hear from you. Hi, Min, and thanks so much for your time today. Hi, Steph. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to speak to you as I know you've got a great story to share and I'd love for you to start with us um, or start for us your background right from back to how you used to eat and feed the family to where you are now with your real food journey. Excellent. Sure, no problems. Well, as you said, I'm a wife and mum. We have two very active boys, uh, six and almost four. Um, and I currently work um, in a sales management role in the city uh, four days a week, so we have a very busy life. Um, I guess about 18 months ago I had some issues with my gut health, which uh, led me to uh, doing some work with you, Um, but I had a build-up of, I guess, bad bacteria and just a dodgy dodgy gut which led me to look at what we were eating and whilst I thought that we had a relatively good diet in that I've always prepared um, most of our food, done a lot of our own um, snacks as well, we, we didn't have a lot of packaged food in the house, I still realised that there was lots of improvement that could be made. So um, we, myself personally, I had to cut out gluten and dairy and a couple of other bits and pieces like onion and garlic, which were a trigger for my my stomach and really worked to repair it. Um, And whilst doing that, um, I realised that a lot of the food that we were eating wasn't that nutrient 
dense. So, you know, we would have maybe breakfast at, say, six, but then, you know, we were always looking for a snack and particularly the kids looking for a snack around, you know, that 10 o'clock. Like we were sort of only able to go for about two to three hours before we felt that we were hungry. So um, I guess, yeah, so we overhauled a lot of the stuff that we were doing and um, it's just made me realise that, you know, we, we need to get back to basics and really enjoy, you know, real food and that it's got so many more benefits than, you know, any other kind of way of eating. Yeah, absolutely. And so would you say that you were following more of a traditional food pyramid approach or were you sort of halfway along and and um, where would you put yourself on the spectrum um, perhaps before you started your journey? I think that we were probably halfway along. We sort of have always been active but I, I guess, you know, commuting, like I spent two hours a day on the days that I work in the city, you know, commuting and it became a little bit about convenience. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know your pastas and your and your rices and um, sort of that refined kind of food. So, I, I th- when I think about processed food, I think about processed food like you know things that come out of a package. So whilst I was still preparing the bulk of it, it just didn't have that I don't know fullness to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say that, you know, we were probably halfway along the journey, but um, when I, even when I look back to this time last year, you know, it's just such a difference in, in how we eat. And I, and I notice it in the boys particularly, like I, they're not looking for snacks all the time uh, and they, like, kids sort of, They'll eat what they put into you, but they also, it takes them a a time to adapt to eating veggies, I guess, night after night. And and they're they're taught the traditional breakfast is your cereals, lunch is your sort of sandwiches, and dinner is your main meal. Whereas now, any meal that we eat could be interchanged into any of those three main meals. Yeah, and I think that's a really great strategy because... Breakfast doesn't mean cereal or toast. It just means breaking the fast. But we have been taught, like you say, and it's certainly in school curriculum, that these processed and refined carbohydrates seem to form breakfast when they're not actually food at all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my um, we have a cooked breakfast every morning, yeah. um, like regardless of the day. Look, some days the boys want cereal. And that's fine, and they 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 can choose to have cereal. But you know, most days they'll they'll be eating an omelette, or um, we'll do some pancakes or something like that. And you know, they it's quite different to what any of their other friends are eating for breakfast. And even when I drop them off to be for care or childcare, you know, there's always commentary. You know, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I can't believe that you're cooking. You know, three different breakfasts basically. I'm like, well you know, it makes a difference to how we start our day. Yeah, absolutely. So that was going to be my next question, particularly with the young boys that are quite active. And I know both you and your husband um, like to keep active and have your own um, fitness goals. What would be, um, I guess, some of the fantastic benefits that you've experienced in terms of eating more nutrient-dense food? I think for myself, I have... 
I have less, I don't know, brain fog, I guess. Yeah. Like I feel a lot more, oh, I don't know what's the word, calmer and at peace with myself. Mm. Um, like it, it's not something that you can sort of, that I can pinpoint, but I can tell you that from last year to now, I feel that I'm a better person. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you know, I'm psycho mum still does come out at times, but, you know, I think, <laughs> I think my moods are a lot more level, um, more energy. I mean, I get up at 4am probably four mornings a week. Um, so, and I still have energy and the ability to be going sort of at eight, nine o'clock at night. So, whereas in the past, you know, I'd sort of get to two o'clock and I'd almost need to duck off to the toilet at work and have a little nap. Like, mm. whereas so I've got that stability in energy and moods and I, I feel much more confidence in myself and just satisfied, I think. And well, I can't think what the other word is, but I, I just feel content. Yeah, that's awesome. Certainly, with, the, um, go on. Oh, we, and with the boys, I, I I noticed that their their moods are also a bit more stable, and you don't get the sort of sugar high and followed by the sugar low. Guaranteed, you can tell when they've had something that they don't have a lot of. Yeah. Um, whether it be say some milk chocolate or you know at a party or you know, a, a processed food or what have you, there's definitely a, A, they stop listening and B, they become hyperactive. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty obvious when they've been sneaking in the sweet treats, hey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's when psycho mum comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a byproduct of their sugar consumption. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, you used the word nutrient-dense before and it's certainly one I love. Can you give us a little bit of an idea as to what that means to you, perhaps for those that are looking to eat more nutrient-dense food? What did you start to add in and, and, yeah, certainly what that means to you? Yeah, I think every individual is different um, and I think when people look at overhauling what they eat, like they always focus on what they take out but, you know, I've added a lot more in. Mm. So say I would used to have a breakfast of um cereal or then towards uh, last year I was having sort of some homemade muesli with yogurt and berries um you know and it did the job but now the main nutrient density is I will have some vegetables for breakfast lots of vegetables some good healthy fats and some protein and that's sort of the basis is all of our meal and I can have breakfast some days at 6 a.m and still be going you know, sort of one o'clock without really having that hunger or that focus or that need for food. I think the other thing with nutrient density is that it it takes you off searching for that next meal. Like you, I don't find myself thinking about food. Mm. I love food and I love to cook and I love to cook for people, but I don't find myself sitting thinking, oh, my God, it's only nine o'clock, I need to eat something. So, it, you know, it just takes away that food obsession I think yeah and you and I discuss this a lot and I think it's a really important indicator that satiety that you get from vegetables quality protein and good fats is what's really really key because then you're not on the clock you know 90 minutes or two hours later yeah looking for a snack and certainly you're not under your desk needing a nap <laughs> like you mentioned I'm sure that's common the whole 330 itis is 
a byproduct of how we eat and certainly how we start our day. Absolutely. And um, Matt was my husband. He was a notorious, he was cereal for breakfast or cheese toasties or, you know, very simple not a great deal and he he had to have a snack at you know 9 30 and at 11 30 whereas now he'll have his eggs and some rocket and avocado um on the weekend a little bit of bacon and you know he he's right to go through until lunchtime he has a cup of coffee sort of mid-morning but you know he's not he's not hangry like he used to be yeah that's a good word <laughs> i love that one <laughs> Hungry plus anger equals hangry, for those of you that don't know. It's not pretty. (laughs) Cool. So I actually wanted to jump back a little bit and just um, ask you some strategies about the boys. When Mm -hmm. you mentioned that, um, you know, one of the big things that you changed or added in was vegetables and there was obviously quite a little bit of an adjustment for them. How did you make that work to swap from cereal to veggies, for example? Well, look, when they were, you know, just started eating, I cooked all their food, you know, all the vegetables, um, like I prepared all their meals. And as I got um, older, you know, they sort of introduced, you know, like things like your couscouses and your rices um, and your pastas, like kind of fillers. Mm. And um, I would just put a little bit of veggies on their plate um, and you know, as long as I eat three quarters, like I was sort of happy. And then I guess what what we've done, particularly this year, we've really sort of focused on it is that we've taken away those fillers, um, and they get to choose a vegetable that they have every night, so that they've got a bit of buy-in. Mm. And absolutely, we've used some bribery, you know, whether it be you know for some footy cards or to do something. <laughs> But, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. But now, all of a sudden, you know, we months ago we looked at each other and we were like, they've eaten all their dinner and they're not even, A, complaining that they're still hungry or B, complaining that they're having vegetables. Yeah. So I think, like I'm sure so many people did, we, we just stopped having that emphasis on vegetables. I don't know when it sort of started and what age they were, but now that because we eat vegetables with every meal, you know, we've brought it back for them as well so you've got to I guess why feed your kids something that you wouldn't eat yourself yeah you kind of go full circle don't you yeah yeah and I think sometimes it's a convenience thing you know we leave home at seven o'clock and we don't get in the door until 5 30 p.m like it's a long day for everyone but you know it's so easy the way that we eat now is really simplified our life, you know, lots of veggies, some good fats, so we use a bit of coconut oil or avocado or some nuts and seeds in with our dinner, plus some good quality protein. You know, it's quick and easy. I think we had dinner on the table in eight minutes the other night with some cutlets and vegetables, you know, and you can't go wrong. Absolutely, and I think that's a really important message. The real food revolution has been fantastic, don't get me wrong, but it has come with this sense of overwhelm. And I think um, the best thing about jerf or real food is that it is as simple as, you know, meat and veg or fish and salad. It doesn't need to be a recipe that has 30 ingredients or, you know, an hour tacked on to the preparation time. So I love that you have found a way to make it really practical and efficient from a time management point of view. I think I think the way I used to pour over a recipe books like planning a menu and, you know, for lunch and dinner weekly and now I just you know we go to local farmers markets we I, we get a weekly delivery from our 
local gym, Mickey's Fitness, which are really great on real food of organic fruit and vegetables. And, you know, now I just pick some protein and use up all those vegetables. Like, so it's, it's sort of, it's just much more simple. It doesn't need to be complicated and it doesn't need to be five star. It just needs to taste good. Yeah, absolutely. So you touched on there a couple of things that you've added in with, um, I guess, the quality ingredients and how you shop now. Mm-hmm. Could we dive in there a little bit more and, and tell us how you've changed from, say, once going to the supermarket for everything on the shopping list? Yeah, sure. I've always been um, a big advocate of shopping at the butchers and the fr- fruit and veggie shop, always. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, it, it's just the way that we've always been. But what, what we do now is that we go to local farmers markets. We've got one that's every fortnight plus another one down the road that is once a month. So that's, you know, three weeks out of four that we do the bulk of our meat and veggie shopping at the farmers market. So it's really, it's just good to be supporting local producers. Mm. Um, we get all of our eggs. We go through uh, between six and eight eggs every day. And that's if I'm not doing if I'm doing baking. Obviously, we go through some more. But um, so we've got a farm about sort of six k's away from us that we get our eggs through them. Um, and you know, at the supermarket, we barely need anything now. Like I can literally run in and out in probably ten minutes, and generally, well, it almost nearly costs more than the fruit and veggies I get at the market. To be <laughs> honest, <laughs> but um, we've also got um, our local gym we're really lucky they do a weekly organic fruit and veggie box so I usually just grab a small box from there and you don't get to choose what you get so it's like a you know a lottery and you (laughs) and then so I I look at what's that and I just think okay so we've got cauliflower in there this week I might do some roasted cauliflower I might do some cauliflower fried rice or you know there's there there might be some um, cabbage in there like, okay, well, I might do some coleslaw. What can I do with that? Oh, I might, you know, get some pork and slow cook some pork. So, you know, it's just really just basic but nourishing food. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I good, think how, good how we're working, we're working backwards. backwards. So, so in the past you obviously, obviously found a recipe and then you started to shop for the ingredients, whereas now what you're doing is you're getting seasonal ingredients and then finding a recipe for that. So it's so yep. much more... Uh, I think efficient, but certainly eating seasonally has its health benefits and environmental benefits as well, and and cost effective as well. I think if you eat what's in season rather than what's on the shelves, um, whether it be you know lots of fruit and veggie shops import um, their fruit and veggies as well, you know. But if you when you go to a farmers market, you you're eating what's in season. So. Um, there's no use looking at a cookbook that's got figs when it's not fig season, mm. you know, and then you go scouring the shops for that and you pay $39 a kilo. But if you've got figs that are in season, you know, you pay barely anything or a friend with a fig tree is even better. But, you know, eating seasonally um, means that you're not eating the same thing all the time, which keeps your body happy, I think. And, you know, no one likes to eat the same thing day in, day out. Yeah, the variety is really important. That's a great point. And the other good thing with farmers markets is that like we go down as a family so the four of us on a Sunday will go down to the farmers markets the kids get to pick you know see the veggies and the fruit that we're buying they see us talking to the local butcher Um, they understand that the lady where we get our eggs from like that's 
even though we're going to her farm, they understand that that's her and, you know, that's every morning we're eating her eggs. Like, so yeah. they get an appreciation of it as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, when I was growing up, I didn't even think about where my food came from. I just, I think I'm, I think I thought beyond the supermarket, you know, and, and that's what's great now about the real food revolution. We're going back to looking at supporting the local suppliers like you said but really understanding where our food comes from and therefore understanding and being really across the quality that we're putting in our mouth yeah absolutely and if they appreciate it I, I think it goes a long way to getting them to eat it yeah sounds like you're having some great successes which is awesome yeah can you share with us some of your day to day strategies like how you um, make it work with your busy lifestyle and, and perhaps any tips and tricks that you'd like to share? Yeah, um, I guess I'll have a, I generally have a look at our calendar and see what we've got happening. Um, you know, like I look for this week. Um, last night I was out, so I did um, like a chicken and vegetable bake for um, Matt and the kids, um, but I used some spelt pasta, so we, we sort of don't have any white food in the house anymore um not that there's anything wrong with that but each to their own so um the boys adapted really well to things like spelt prast uh brown rice you know just um a little bit better for them um so you know that was I pre-made that the night before so it was easy just to be thrown in the oven um Friday night we we're out with the kids sport so usually I'll do a bolognese and it's just a matter of you know I'd spiralize some zucchini or whatever in the morning and then it takes two minutes to saute and a couple of minutes to heat up the sauce so that's easy um we have a lot of leftovers whether it be for breakfast or lunch um that we take to work so we try and cook a bit extra and then that we can have leftovers being winter we utilize the slow cooker a lot so we might do a pork or a lamb once or twice a week and that gives lots of leftovers you know, a little bit of pulled pork or um, pull apart lamb in your breakfast or lunch, you know, is just terrific. Um, And, yeah, dinners, like I said, it's like so we have probably an abundance of vegetables, particularly green vegetables because they're just so – and being proven to be so good for you, um, you know, with a little bit of uh, fats and, you know, good quality protein. So we – I don't plan like I used to, but um, we certainly utilise – leftovers and Jack's lunch boxes for school I try and mix it up so you know he still has you know the good old humble sandwich once or twice a week but he'll also take leftovers or I'll do a batch of um, homemade gluten-free chicken nuggets and he'll take that with some vegetables the other day he asked for some broccolini and I thought he was joking but he was serious so I thought my job as a mother is done now. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. So we just sort of mix it up but we do have um, yeah lots of leftovers but we just sort of follow that principle of um, vegetable fats and protein. Yeah beautiful and what about for the lunch boxes? Sweet potato. Um, yeah, so lunch boxes for Jack, he'll have probably three bits of fruit, some natural yogurt, and I, I generally bake once a week. So my baking is um, 
gluten-free, refined sugar-free, um, and usually it has a bit of dark chocolate in it because kids love, well, we all love dark chocolate here. Mm-hmm. So, um, and something like that, it might be some chocolate chip biscuits or flourless chocolate cake or, you know, little, not nut balls for school, but, you know, a seed ball. Um, so he sort of feels like he's getting a treat because he's one of the few kids that doesn't have something in a package in his lunch. Yeah, and water. We just drink. We just drink water, um, some kombucha. Kids have a bit of milk. You know, there's not really a need for juice boxes or anything like that. It, it doesn't. It just it gives the kids a sugar high that they come down of, and I think it's not really conducive to anything. Yeah, well, you're leaving the teachers up to um, dealing with a the sugar high then, and I'm sure they don't appreciate that either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. So let's just go through um, what one day on your plate would look like. You've said some fantastic ideas and shared with us some some great strategies, but I'd love for you to put that together for us, safe with a breakfast, lunch and dinner, a common example in your household. Yeah, um, so generally for breakfast we'll have a couple of poached eggs, um, some greens and um, a bit of avocado. Um, every, I don't know, maybe once a week, sometimes twice a week, some uh, nitrate-free bacon that we get from a local supplier. Um, Lunches are generally leftovers from the night before or we might do a big batch of like a chicken and vegetable soup or we might even have a a smoothie. Um, Jack sometimes takes a smoothie to school, so a smoothie I reckon is good for any meal of the day. Um, dinners are generally some some kind of piece of protein, so whether it be a steak or a, a cutlet, or I'll do some um, pulled pork or so cooked kind of meat again with vegetables and some you know roasted sweet potato or roasted pumpkin and that's kind of makes up the bulk of our three main meals I think tonight we've got beef cheeks in the so cooker so really cheap meal um like beef cheeks I think it was ten dollars for two kilos or something like that like it's so such a cheap meal and we'll probably get eight meals out of it by the time we have the four of us have dinner tonight and we'll probably have three or four leftover lunches for Matarai. So with some vegetables, you know, it's just, you know, cheap and efficient but nourishing and good for you. Yeah, sounds delicious and, yeah, very efficient. I love that. Cool. So let's summarise that then, Min. What would would be your either your real food message or your number one piece of advice to other people that are perhaps starting their journey or looking for a way to make it work for their family? Yeah, I, I think... Um, I think the key is to eat nutrient-dense, wholesome food. I, I think, um, you know, do the activities and sports that you love. Don't do not do things because people tell you that you should, but investigate it and find what works for you. Like if you want to eat more vegetables, start with one meal. Don't start with some, you know, don't start with eating Brussels sprouts for breakfast, you know, like you've got to make it work. So I guess don't over overcomplicate things and, you know, yeah, nourish your body with real food, buy local where you can, get to know your suppliers, get to know your farmers and your butchers and, you know, eat more green vegetables and feed your kids what you would eat. Don't give them something that you wouldn't contemplate eating. 
and yeah. and and you know it it is it can be daunting to cook and to bake and to prepare food um, for your family. You know, it is easy to go to the supermarket. Like I do get that, but you know, just uh, don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple, and, and you know, have a go, and you'll be surprised at what you can achieve and the difference that it makes to your life eating well. Yeah, beautiful yeah. message. Now, let's. This is the question that we ask all of our guests on the reel. Um, I wanted you to share with us what you've been up to recently and and what's next for you. Yeah. Um, well, I've always been interested in health and fitness, and I I guess, um, like like I said earlier, like I just have this feeling of contentment. Like I feel really confident within myself and happy and um, so I've decided to go back to study with the goal of becoming a health coach. Um, So I'm about six weeks in studying with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition which is an online course and I I think, um, well, I've decided that I would really like to help parents and families and children's you know, all parents and families to understand that the, the benefits of eating good food and the benefits of packing a good lunchbox. So, and for them to realise that good food can be simple and cost effective and still taste good. So that's what I'm working towards at the moment. So juggling work, effective full-time work, studying and um, raising a family. So it's a tad busy (laughs) but but I can I'm working to I never thought that I would have I've always talked about it but I never thought I would have the confidence to do actually do it and so I'm doing it which is exciting and you know I think that I think that we will short-term pain for long-term game I think it will enable us to have a lot more balance within our life and you know people say do more of what makes you happy so it's so exciting to be working towards you know working in this field like the possibilities are endless really yeah it's yeah. awesome that you're following your passion I'm so excited to see what um the rest of your study looks like and and certainly what you end up doing me too very very excited yeah all right Min well we, we won't keep you much longer I know you've got the little one with you there today as well so we thank you for your time Thanks, Steph. Is there anywhere that our listeners can find you at this stage? Yeah, um, I, I can. I'm on Instagram. I've got a bit of an addiction to posting my food on Instagram, yes. just under Min Ben said. But yeah, just still working to, with all the, um, you know, what my future is going to look like. So at the moment, I can just be found on Instagram under Min Ben Stead. Lovely. All right, we'll pop a few things in the show notes. Some of the. Um, companies that you mentioned and certainly your course for those that might be interested in following your footsteps so head to the show notes for that information team and thanks so much for your time again min it's great to chat thanks steph appreciate it awesome take care thanks you too cheers this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.